welcome one and all as Fantastic Geek previews Andor. My name is Matt, and joining me as always is Pete. Hello, Pete. Hello, Matt. Hello, everybody. Here today to bring you our final Andor preview before the series. First three episodes drop Wednesday, September 21st, just a week from today. I can't believe it's a week away, particularly given as how it used to be earlier and then they pushed it back and so <laughs> forth. But Pete, before we jump into the Star Wars uh, universe long time ago, etc., quick uh, reminder uh, for our long-term listeners, especially there on the Pop Culture Podcast, this upcoming Saturday, Pete, will it really be the final She-Hulk Saturday? It will be the final She-Hulk Saturday. She-Hulk, we will continue to podcast on Fridays, however, for the rest of its run. Star Wars Saturdays, Matt, that's your Andor from there on out. Our Star Trek Lower Decks uh, will remain on Sundays. Uh, and you may have noticed there's something else on our Andor feed get you kind of caught up and ready. Yes, it was a ton of fun to go back and listen to our thoughts from the week, uh, the weekend that Rogue One came out. It was, Pete, a simpler time, uh, but certainly a reminder that, uh, among other things, we know the end point of this forthcoming series. Yes, and uh, as they prepare, they've scripted and are getting ready to shoot uh, season two. Uh, which will no doubt air sometime later next year, if not 2024. Um, you know, they're going to take us right up to Rogue One. Uh, quite a bit of time passage in that second season, but so ready to dig into 12 episodes of a live action Star Wars show, Matt. The first three of which, the first quarter, we're going to get all at once a week from today clearly these are bunched together to have maximum impact maximum water cooler ability and so forth the combination of three episodes is slightly strange of course i mean you know I, they've done two it's a before movie. it giving is us a movie and i think let me put it to you this way pete if episode 103 was uh the slower episode if it was the you know delightful mid-season you know wandering i don't think they would have paired it together um and that's not to say you know that we can't have different paces in any of these episodes but i think it speaks you know to whatever calendar impact there was to say let's move it from august to this point let's do three episodes as opposed to two or one or whatever it might be to me, it just speaks to the, the strength that these three can be grouped together and can be just this mammoth first bite of the show. The original plan was for the first two episodes on August 31st. They backed us off a couple weeks. They gave us an extra one. I will take it, Matt. I'm going to be up there early in the morning, mainlining all three of those and ready for more. I might wait until the afternoon kind of sit. How could you possibly? <laughs> because I don't think I could operate on five hours of sleep and or, or, sleep or something. when like you're that. dead, man, like uh, Cassie and Andor. Oops. <laughs> um, regardless, I, I think, you know, just the ability. 
I'm going to stick with what I said. It probably will be the afternoon, but it's going to be one of these like clear the deck, get a pizza, no one talk. <laughs> We're doing this. Um, but uh, you know, I'm I'm super super excited for the show. I know I kind of made a joke, quasi joke. You know, we know the end point of these characters. I don't think that we have seen certainly, let's say in Star Wars television. I don't think that we've seen major missteps. Um, now, of course, all these shows are still in the, you know, the low season count and so forth. I'm just thinking, you know, TV shows in general, the quote unquote, you know, go on too long or lose their way or they're too looking at you walking dead. They're so popular that they can't ever end point. They just need to constantly be in the middle. Um, regardless of whether the show was originally conceived as five seasons. Now it's five years across two seasons regardless of what that journey was along the way, I think it does absolutely positively help the narrative that we know every single outcome of every single one of these characters who shows up in Rogue One. There are some new characters, no doubt, where there can be some question and there can be some, you know, and they escaped at the last minute. Um, but I think having that fundamental endpoint that is that is irrefutable uh, is going to be a benefit to this show, which will run longer in the next couple of years. These 24 episodes are going to run longer than many of its peers. Listen, we know about the forest moon of Andor, over which the Battle of Andor was fought. But we don't know what happens to uh, Mon Mothma, second build, Genevieve O'Reilly. And I hope people just got the uh, dry sarcasm I was given there about Andor and yeah. Um, but we, we ultimately don't know what happened to Mon Mothma post return of the Jedi. And then, you know, to have Forrest Whitaker back in any capacity for this show as Saw Gerrera to do that. Okay. And then Stellan Skarsgård, like we said it before, I said it before on the previous podcast, 211 speaking parts. Okay. The uh, show has been called the first Star Wars series for adults. Bring it on. Um, I think we're all ready for this spy war thriller. Um, I'm just tickled pink at the episode count. Like, you know, Mandalorian over eight episodes seems to fly by. And then you had one less. Okay, probably a covid situation with Book of Boba Fett. To get 12 here, I don't care if one of them is 21 minutes. It's still great. It is. And, I mean, I genuinely keep looking at the episode count and go, wait, did, did I misread that? Is it really 12? I mean, I know 12 used to be a half a season, 12 or 13. Um, it's it's a huge number now. You know, it's, it's show after show after show, particularly on Disney+. Plus is running six episodes, okay? Maybe a bit more than that if you're She-Hulk with your half-hour model there. Uh, we've seen how the Star Trek universe, uh, now that there are, you know, three, four, five live-action shows, everybody does 10-episode seasons. Boom, it's just across the board. 10-episode seasons, whether you're animated, uh, I guess maybe a slight exception, Prodigy, but I digress. Um, to get these 12 episodes, fantastic. And again, the fact that we get those three, I mean, it, it's going to be a great, a great time watching it. Then it's going to be some turnaround to podcast it and so <laughs> forth. That'll be the, that'll be the beautiful joy there. Um, Matt, I got 16 pages of notes. 
it may well be the law. Lo- I mean, I guess we'll see how long these episode counts are. You know, you want to you want to say they're all, you know, 35, 40 minutes. Okay, fine. But th- this might be the longest stretch. Like, this might be the highest episode, uh, pardon me, the highest minute count that we have podcast in a single sitting. You know, movies notwithstanding. It's a little bit d- different when we go see a movie and then, okay, it's from our memories that we're going to talk about it, not extensive notes, but bring it on bring on bring on the glorious purpose if i can quote another disney property um we were talking on our d23 podcast a couple days ago you know with daredevil born again being announced for 18 episodes how massive that seems and hey it remains to be seen um will they get 18 episodes in one season or are they you know thinking all right this is a three episode arc a three season arc, excuse me, et cetera, et cetera. But again, 12 now, 12 coming later on, um, which really was the big announcement. You know, I'm, I'm thinking late May, right? When we first saw some of Andor and they said, hey, no, part two, 12 episodes filming this fall, there'll be more of it. Like, wow, okay. And we know, you know, they publicized very much. They shot practically. They did not go out and use the volume, the, you know, stagecraft circular set. Um, So when you're seeing them run on the top of a dam and, you know, you're seeing these practical locations, um, it adds that production value to it. And, you know, they keep talking about how they're going to explore the lives of ordinary people in the star Wars universe and everything they've put out really has that feel. And I think to the great strength of star Wars, by which I mean, you look at, you look at what is Marvel studios. Okay. You can be serious. You can be wacky. You can be sci-fi. You can be magic. You can be the gods of old and so forth. It's, you know, if you spin the story, right, you can be a thousand different things. Similarly, in the the recent um, vision of Star Trek Universe, you, know, you can be darker, you can be lighter, you can be older, you can be younger. Uh, all of this in terms of your your tone of show. You can be animated for adults. You can be animated for kids. Star Wars, I think, has much more constrictive bumpers built into it in terms of the the visual aesthetic for when it can take place. Side note: It'll be interesting when the Acolyte show does come out, taking place in a very different time. Uh, what does that look like? How is that received and so forth? Um, you think of some of the tropes in Star Wars. You know, It's always a big giant thing that destroys places and there's always a way to blow it up and kind of that which is so familiar. Um, I think that they're wise in this show to say it still is going to be a rebellion. Maybe it's a, maybe it's a lowercase r as it's being put together. Um, and it still is going to be the Empire, the OG Empire, uh, and maybe we get, let's see, some, maybe Darth Vader in there, some Palpatine, Palpatine, or we get some, you know, it's, there's all this which is familiar, but we get to see it from the perspective of different people. Um, I, I don't think there's really a chance for Star Wars fatigue in that you can always go see a war movie. Um, and I think you would argue, uh, on, to a certain degree, a World War One, World War Two, Vietnam movie are, are all going to be very similar, but it's how do you approach it, what perspective do you approach it from, and you're getting that, presumably, in this show. For me, it's the intrigue aspect of it. 
and a Cold War, this spy, you know, nature of the show. Ever since we heard the original Mon Mothma uh, actress talk about the Bothan spies and, you know, how many of them died to bring them the news of the second Death Star's fatal flaw, my brain's always kind of fixated on that. And, you know, we've gotten Rogue One. We've got the story of the opening crawl of Star Wars. I refuse to call it just the New Hope, the original, um, that fleshes that out. I'm still hopeful at some point we'll get the Bob and Spy story. I'm, I'm here if you want to hire me to write it. Um, but I think carving out this space here, fleshing out, like you said, a character and several characters, we know ultimately what their fates are. Um, but to do it in this very gray area and with Andor, what Tony Gilroy has talked about is really taking that line that Cassian speaks in the uh, Rogue One film. You know, I've been in this fight since I was six years old and they're going to give you the full bodied nature of what his story was that I think is going to resonate that much greater when we watch Rogue One again. You mentioned Tony Gilroy, uh, who uh, is seminal to the creation of this show. Uh, scripts for these 12 episodes credited to Tony Gilroy, credited to uh, Dan Gilroy. Uh, and one, one script is Stephen Schiff, who, who's been around with a bunch of stuff, uh, including the Americans. Then Pete, maybe the smartest guy in the writing room, Bo Willimon. I say smartest right. guy because... You know, behind the intricately crafted, super successful, super well thought of um, first four seasons of House of Cards, also smart enough, and I'm saying this somewhat, uh, you know, you know, somewhat uh, jokingly, Pete, he got out before there were concerns about the show, shall we say? It's funny that you say that. I was reflecting on that show the other day, and what an aptly titled <laughs> TV show. That thing just did you finish it? I did not. I did not. I think I had maybe faded on it a bit before the the spacey revelation, but like that's one of those shows. I'm I'm you know, I, I enjoyed the you seasons that we watched. I, I I watched it because of you. Yeah. I mean, look, there, there's a lot that's I have great. the damn rower that he uses. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, there's a lot that's great about it, but it's one of those things like I don't think I can go back. It's not even. I'm not. I'm not even saying in my good conscience, and you should agree. Or I don't like. I just me personally. I just can't go back and be no. drawn in to the no. to, to to the the, the sickly sweet lure of the Kevin Spacey character. No, um, but if but if you thought that that would in some way, you know, wreck the show. Oh no, they they found a way to you know, burn it all down on the way out. I'm certainly glad to hear that. And, you know, the, the, the separation of, uh, of, uh, real world and showbiz or however one's going to draw the line. I do know that in all seriousness, you know, Tony Gilroy obviously has Star Wars experience and so forth to bring a Bo Willimon in who's an accomplished writer. You know, let's mm -hmm. not forget. He's not just the writer and showrunner of the first four seasons of, 
a, a really well-regarded uh, drama at the outset of premiere streaming dramas and so forth. He, he's a very talented writer, and I don't know if his episodes, the three credited to him, 8, 9, and 10, I don't know if these are going to necessarily be, you know, the Mon Mothma Senate government intrigue, or if he's just bringing a writerly look to things and a real world look to things and, and quite frankly thinking back to house of cards there is a playfulness to it it's not all it's not all one note in all seriousness so i think that all of that is a credit to bo willimon as a writer on this staff will mon mothma kill a palpatine biographer will mon mothma at the end of the season all of a sudden look into the camera and say <laughs> i I know you've been watching this whole time. That's Many right. Boffins died. No, no, you are my precious Boffins. Yeah. <laughs> you are and my I precious Boffins. Yeah. Um, so, again, I think, I think too, part of the reason we're, we're joking about, I mean, not that we're proposing this will happen to the show, but I think part of the reason that we can joke about it is because there is, with these regular people, there is a levity to it versus you know let let's think of the obi-wan kenobi series which we both you know monumentally enjoyed and which also was being made in a pre a new hope time you know portion of the timeline and also was operating within very fixed endpoints right the one difference is it's obi-wan kenobi this character who has echoed through the ages and you know literally there were people of a grandparently age who saw obi-wan kenobi in 1977 and there's kids who love you know obi-wan kenobi now there's young kids now love obi-wan kenobi in episode one like it literally is going through time here versus like i liked the andor movie plenty you know okay you want to let me pick a character here you want to tell me that uh bix kayleen gets killed off uh in episode six okay you want to tell me Bix Kayleen becomes my favorite character and uh, they're they're laying the groundwork here for uh, the Bix Kayleen spinoff in a couple of years? I'm here for that, too. I kind of, in a certain sense, I kind of don't care the way it's like, Pete, they got the 1999, uh, uh, you know, proto-Darth Vader. He's back for, and then here he's training with the Ewan McGregor. Like, there's none of that baggage, so just bring it on. So may I share with you the hot rumor at this point? Please do. And I have no confirmation of this. Uh, I may have mentioned it previously on our podcast. I did not go back and listen, Matt. But the hot rumor is there will be a teenage Princess Leia cameo played none other than um, played by none other than Millie Bobby Brown. Um, I, I don't hate that. I don't know. Let me put it this way. Does this show need a break the internet aspect to it? Probably not. Does this show get hurt by a break the internet moment like that? No. In fact, if anything, I feel like there still is, let me put it this way. Disney plus would love to have 12 year olds say, my favorite show is, and then name a Disney Plus show. Guess what? 12-year-olds don't say that. Pete, 12-year-olds say, my favorite show is what? Stranger Things. Stranger Things. So, like, if that 
if you're Disney, if you could make that happen, great. Pete, let me just do devil's advocate here. Uh, if Millie Bobby Brown gives a courtesy call to Netflix and says, just so you know, you know, during my off period of the, when I'm not in contract or whatever, Disney would like me to do, uh, I can't say what the role is, but they want to, you know, it's just going to be for a couple of days and it doesn't conflict with anything. Um, if I'm Netflix, I'm like, okay, um, what if we do a reality series with you and we give you double the money Disney wants to give you to play a thing and you could, it could be your version of the Daryl motorbike show on AMC because please don't, <laughs> please don't, please don't take the Netflix, uh, you know, t- take the Stranger Things buzz and take it to, take it to the enemy. Um, but in all seriousness, I, there's, I, I, there's nothing wrong with that, especially if you want to keep it short, you know, turn it, what, what, what does this bring us? hope and you go oh my goodness it's 11 bring it that that would be amazing bring it on you know mandalorian etched this path by giving you baby yoda by bringing out grogu at the end of the first episode and it was out there that there would be a baby that there would be a cub for the samurai for the bounty hunter to protect and, um, you know, nobody knew it was a member of Yoda's species. Um, you know, I, I think I had told people at that time that the uh, speculation I had heard was that it was going to be Ray that would feed into the sequels. Um, so if you go here, you know, you did baby Leia, you did young Leia on Obi-Wan. Um, I like the symmetry of, mm. you know, aging that up. I think it's the right time. Um, regardless whether that comes to pass or not, I think, you know, the way they've set this series up, you know, kind of surprised they threw the Forrest Whitaker cameo in the trailer. Um, you know, that could have been a real fun uh, thing on a on a Wednesday morning. But, you know, there's no telling who else shows up. And I'm not just talking about, you know, the guys with the tubes out of their face from Rogue One. We know they show up, too. This cast, you know, you obviously mentioned uh, Forrest Whitaker being a part of it to some degree. You know, it's it's a great cast. It's obviously an international cast, um, you know, most obviously led by Diego Luna as Andor. Um I don't know, you really you just get a sense looking at this cast list, whether it's some of the more established actors like Stellan Stars, Skarsgård, and Fiona Shaw, um, some of the kind of more uh, British Isles actors. Um, Pete, I will say, I know I had mentioned Bix Kayleen before. I see that the Bix Kayleen a- uh, actor, Adria Arjona, I actually have a memory. She was in, um, she was in the show Emerald City. Uh, which I remember being aware of, because you know who who doesn't love adaptations of The Wizard of Oz and so forth. Um, I don't think the show particularly went anywhere, but just I don't. Know, bottom line, the cast is great. I will mention Pete um, uh, amongst many many other names uh, in an undisclosed supporting role is Ebon Moss Bacharach. Do you recognize that name? Vaguely. He played uh, he played David Lieberman in The Punisher. And more recently, um, was one of the cast members in the supremely excellent 
show that's on FX called The Bear, which is about a uh, a restaurant. Um, he's oh, he also if you saw the dropout on uh, Hulu, um, he plays uh, the reporter John Carreyrou in there. So a, it's a guy who's gone from FX in the dropout to FX in the Bear to Star Wars. So I think Disney likes him. But he's also just one of these, like, he is an actor's actor. And he's going to, whoever he is, probably I'd imagine, like, Mr. Mechanic guy, not, you know, Mr. Governor guy. But um, this is just a stacked cast. It is. And again, rumors of those cameos there, Matt. Another hot one is Jimmy Smith's Bail Organa. And we know he's done a little bit of Star Wars in the last little bit. Um, I just so, assumed he look. He's not on the list I'm looking at. I honestly just like when he shows up and he's like, maybe you need some help from Alderaan. It's gonna be like, oh, cool, Jimmy Smiths. Like it's it, that's not gonna break the internet. I think because we're all expecting. How it. crazy that we would take a Jimmy <laughs> Smiths Star Wars cameo for granted in 2022. Yeah. Um. I, I, frankly, I think it just speaks to the the nature of star wars right now the nature of kathleen kennedy's lucasfilm right now that you know he's cool to do it you know the timeline uh allows for it you know that they know how much it costs to get jimmy smith's for a day a week a month and there's not going to be a whole lot of like nickel and diming there where oh he's on the, the fish is on the hook now we lost him like if they're going to figure out a way to do it, if he, if they want him to be in it and if he has the time and they can work out the schedule, they're going to work out the pay. Boom. Bill Organa right there. Well, Matt, for each of these 12 episodes, and again, we'll be bringing you the first three all together that Saturday, September 24th. uh, We will be with you for the ride. Absolutely. With those weekly podcasts. uh, And again, kind of, Part of the reason we've reshuffled the schedule a little bit in terms of She-Hulk moving to Fridays, that's a shorter episode each week. And uh, plenty of time between the Wednesday drop of these episodes to Saturday morning. By the time you wake up on Saturday morning, if you haven't gotten us your thoughts, get us your thoughts on the show ASAP. We'll be recording around that time. So plenty of time for people to noodle over theories, to check out screen caps, to converse with us on social media whatever it might be to really dive on into that uh that podcast conversation we're going to give it the full treatment there so make sure you get us your take on it but matt can't be possible without all the people that go to patreon.com slash fantastic geek we are so proud, Pete, to have our own Rebel Alliance supporting us there on Patreon.com slash Fantastic Geek. And our thanks week in and week out, particularly as we get ready for, you know, what will be the weekend after this next one in terms of three Andors, a She-Hulk, and a lower deck. It's going to be quite a mountain to climb, but we're going to plant the flag made possible with that Patreon support. Pete, let's also keep the Star Wars conversation going. How can people be in touch with you on Twitter? You can find me on Twitter at Peter, P-I-E-T-E-R-J-K-E-T-E-L-A-A-R, 12,716 followers. Can't be wrong. And while I'm personally on Twitter as Looking Back Lost, do be in touch with the podcast comment on FantasticGeek.com. Check us out on Twitter, Instagram, and Gmail. We are Fantastic Geek as well. But wait, Pete, there's more. 
facebook.com slash fantastic geek all one word with the p and the h like it today if you can imagine it pete the next time we talk about andor it will be saturday september 24th as we dig into the first three episodes incredibly excited for this journey that's ahead of us and can't wait to be there both on the andor podcast feed as well as the pop culture podcast by fantastic geek feed which is going to get that simulcast along with all our upcoming she hulk and star trek lower decks coverage but uh really counting down to andor and with that pete i will say adios to all our listeners and give you the final word you may fire when ready Thank you.